on today's episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts, COVID-19 has finally struck the Vancouver Canucks. Eight cases on the player side, one case on the coaching staff side, which means there will be no hockey in the city of Vancouver for the foreseeable future. I'm thinking another week-plus layoff. The big hockey news before that, though, was Thatcher Demko getting a new contract extension, meaning he will be on the Vancouver Canucks, starting in goal, hopefully, for the Vancouver Canucks for the foreseeable future. We get into all that on this, today's episode of Power of the Towel. You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel. He's not a person at all. He's a towel. You're a towel. But in Vancouver, mainly it's all about towel power. Are you ready? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. I'm your host, Nick Bondi. Make sure to subscribe to the network wherever you get podcasts, four shows, one swipe, one tap. What a subscription. What a great deal for everyone out there. And remember, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. The best positive reviews get read out on this show. The most negative, blasting ones will not. So if you want to be read out on this show, leave a positive review, and I will read it out on this show at some point. I'm not making any promises when, but I'll get around to it. So we mentioned off the top, COVID protocols has shut down this Canuck season in the immediate future. We'll get into all that after the break, but I want to start off with the big news hockey-wise. Let's start off with some actual hockey, and then we can get into COVID. The big hockey story prior to this COVID shutdown was Thatcher Demko getting a new contract with the Vancouver Canucks. Five years, $5 million per. It will kick in after this season, so start of next season. And let's put it this way. It is a gamble. It is a gamble to give Thatcher Demko five years, $5 million per. We all know how erratic goaltending can be in the National Hockey League. Just look at Carter Hart, the chosen one, the golden boy for Canadian goaltending for the Flyers. Last season, guess what? He's essentially, he wasn't demoted to the AHL, but Lane Vio said, hey, take a break, work on your fundamentals, and come back. He was, he's been terrible this year. He's been absolutely awful. And again, goaltending is very erratic. Giving five years to a goalie, even someone who is 25 years old, like Thatcher Demko, there, ha- there is some risk in there. Let's not kid ourselves. There is some risk involved. And I said this online, I would rather take a gamble on someone like Thatcher Demko, who, you know, if, if he keeps up his development, if he keeps up at the level he is at, keeps on progressing, he could be a steal for this contract's years, let's say three, four, five. And it could backfire. And it is a gamble. Let's not kid ourselves. It is a gamble. But I think it's a gamble worth taking with a goaltender like Thatcher Demko, who this season who this season has cemented himself as a number one goalie for this team. He is he is the guy. He is the guy going forward 
for the Vancouver Canucks between the pipes. Make no mistake. He has the rest of this season, and he will be, God willing, for the duration of this five-year, $5 million per contract. And we've talked about this Thatcher Demko potential extension on this show. I think it was myself and Dan Riccio at the time who argued three years, four point something, the Jordan Bennington deal was a good comparison for someone like Thatcher Demko. And that's what you were probably looking at for a three-year deal. Three years, four point something. If you want to do two years, you can do three point something. Why this deal is $5 million per is you are buying out three, three UFA years with Thatcher Demko with this deal, which is why the number had to be higher. And if it's if you're taking the long-term view, if you're management for the Vancouver Canucks, we will be a contender. And remember in his press conference, he said two years, two years we will be a competitive, competitive Stanley Cup team or in our competitive window. Then you're looking at two years from now, this value, this value of the contract could be surplus. You could be looking at a very good deal for a very good starting goalie in the National Hockey League. And again, Thatcher Demko, his career, he hasn't played that many National Hockey League games. 62 starts in the National Hockey League. A 2.92 GAA, 9.11 save percentage. You're looking at those stats and you're like, why are you giving this guy five years, $5 million per? Well, it's mostly because of his progression. Let's let's be real. Let's be honest. The last year, year and a bit, there were people, people last year before the deadline clamoring for Thatcher Demko to get more starts. And maybe, you know, maybe if he's behind someone other than a Jacob Markstrom throughout his early NHL career, he does get a few more starts. But Jacob Markstrom... We all know how good he was for this for this team for the past last two seasons he was here. That he was he was going to be limited in his starts. And let's put it this way, Jacob Markstrom got a 6 by 6 from the Calgary Flames. Would you rather give that to to a Jacob Markstrom or a Thatcher Demko? Would you rather have a 6 by 6 for Jacob Markstrom for the next 3-4 seasons than a Thatcher Demko? Five by five. I take Demko. Significantly younger. He's shown that in spurts, let's be real, it's in spurts that he can be a legit starting goalie, a high quality starting goalie. 917 save percentage this year. Very good in the month of March. So again, it, it is a gamble, but I firmly believe it is a gamble worth taking. You are clearly, unlike most contracts signed, by the Jim Benning regime. This contract is paying for a projected future performance than paying for a past performance. Why are you giving a a Jay Beagle the deal he's getting if not for he just won a Stanley Cup? Why are you giving someone like a Louis Erickson a 6x6 other than he just scored 30-plus goals? Unlike... Unlike those deals, this deal is you are paying for a projected future performance. And I guess you could say he did the same with Brock Bessers and Bo Horvats. 
but those are RFAs. They were not going to bolt. And I know Thatcher Demko is an RFA as well. It was going to be an RFA, but he was significantly closer to his UFA years other than those guys. Those guys were coming off entry-level deals at very young ages. Thatcher Demko just signed. He's coming off a, a smaller bridge deal, and he's 25, significantly closer to UFA years. Which, again, is why you had to pay a bit more to buy out those UFA years. All in all, I think this is a good deal. I think this is a good deal. I think it has a very, very good chance of providing the Canucks with a good value for a good starting goaltender when this team is, hopefully, a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. But let's not kid ourselves. This is a gamble. This has risk to it, but it's a calculated risk. And I think for that, that shows something we haven't seen too much of Jim Benning in his time so far with the Vancouver Canucks. A lot of these deals have had a lot of risk, but there wasn't really any clear thought behind them. This one, I can see the rationale to give Demko the deal he is getting. All right, we're going to take a very, very quick break, and then we're going to get into the COVID situation with the Vancouver Canucks. All right, welcome back to the Power of the Talent podcast, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. I'm your host, Nick Bondi, and as we mentioned off the very, very top of the episode, COVID-19 has unfortunately struck the Vancouver Canucks. They have had eight positive tests as of recording on the player side, one on the coaching staff side, and the game Wednesday against the Calgary Flames was canceled just a couple hours before. The NHL has announced all games are going to be canceled to the six. I expect that fully to be extended with new positive cases coming out for the Vancouver Canucks. So you're looking at a minimum, a minimum. Let's say one, two, three, four, five, six games postponed, tacked on to the end of the season. I don't see how you make that up. So, so close to the end of the season. First off, let's just, I just hope everyone recovers fully. They don't have too many mild, they have mild symptoms. They get through this. I'll just say that to start it off. But I, I think I think I do have a bit of experience with with these tests, with my new semi-job in film. You do, do you get tested a lot? And I do take the tests that the players do. I was very for I, I took a test once from a nurse who does the test for the NHL referees. It's the same test they do. It's called a PC PCR, PCB. I don't know the exact lettering, but all they do is Stick a stick a Q-tip up your nostril, pretty far up, not all the way up at your brain, but pretty far up. Twirdle around each one for twenty seconds. Put in a little vial, send it off the lab, and then the next day you're okay. You got you have COVID or not? Thankfully, I've got all of them negative. I take a bunch of tests, but these are the tests the Canucks are taking. I assume when they get into the rink, and it takes a day. It takes a day for you to get the result. So any tests we get, any results we get one day are 
presumably from the day before, which is why I'm expecting more cases. There might be a few more positive cases today when I go take a test. Who knows? It's an unfortunate unfortunate situation for the Vancouver Canucks. It sucks. But at the at the same time, it, it comes begs the question why they were practicing on a morning skate Wednesday when on Tuesday they already said Adam Gaudet was was positive. So why come in Wednesday? Why wasn't that game canceled right away? That seems the easiest thing to do to further stop the spread. But I'm not an epidemiologist. That's just me speculating. I think that would have been the better thing to do. And now we're looking at an extended break for the another extended break for the Vancouver Canucks, who could be close to two weeks off. I think it's actually easier this this break goes on longer than the prescribed two weeks. So what does this mean for the rest of the Vancouver Canucks season in terms of the canceled games? I've heard people speculate, and I, and I I can see this happening where games that don't really mean much near the end of the season are just canceled. These games do not happen because there's no point playing them. And draft lottery odds, for all intents and purposes, are just going to go to point percentage. And I can see that happening here. Look, the top four spots in the North Division, a.k.a. the playoff spots, are pretty much decided. It's going to be a combination of Toronto-Winnipeg, Montreal, and Edmonton. That's going to be the four that makes the playoffs in what order is, is to be determined. So, you know, I can see a situation where the Canucks games against the Flames and the Senators, games that in the grand scheme of things for the playoffs don't really mean much, push until the end of the season and then just scrapped. They do this in baseball. If a game has a rain delay, it gets postponed. And near the end of the season, if this game doesn't mean anything in the standings, doesn't have any implications for a playoff spot, they just don't play it. They say screw it, and they and they just don't play it, pretty much. Now, uh, Paul Chapman of the province brought up a good point. What does this mean for broadcast sponsors or deals or reimbursement? I don't know any of that. I think it's obvious for the draft they just go point percentage. You know, that's how they determine the standings or the playoff seedings for the bubble, right? It was just, it was point percentage because every team, every team had ended the season when the season was put on pause with a different amount of games, games played. Some at 69, 70, 71, what have you. So it was determined by point percentage. They, they can easily do the same thing for a draft lottery. That should not be an issue. So what are the long-term implications for this COVID pause? We could be seeing less than 56 Canucks games this season. And if the if NHL does decide to try and cram 19 games into uh, a little, little over a month's time, it's going to be a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of three and fours, and we're going to have almost a, a, an insane amount of Canucks games in little over a month. And, and hey, I, I, I'll i admit it. I am not a well-adjusted individual. I do not know what I'm going to do 
for two weeks in the middle of the season without Canucks games. But again, it's it's all about the player safety. Hoping everyone who has this on the Vancouver Canucks has a speedy recovery. But again, I, I just I just struggle to looking back, I, I struggle to determine why it was a good idea to have a game day skate on Wednesday when you knew Adam Gaudet was positive on the day before. You weren't waiting for a positive test. And I get maybe they were hoping out it was a false positive. But why have that why have that regardless if you if you're not certain it was a false positive? You should be assuming if someone has a positive, you should be running on the assumption that he has COVID nineteen. Should you not? Again, hoping for the best for all the players. But I can see a situation because of this pause, because of how close it is to the end of the season. We're we're recording this on Friday, April 2nd. Good Friday to all my fellow Catholics out there. The season is supposed to end early April, just over a month from now. Where are they going to schedule 19 games with this much of a pause for for the Canucks and the teams are supposed to be playing that these games are not happening now. Very tough situation. And of course, if you want to link this back more to hockey, what does this mean for the Canucks at the trade deadline? The trade deadline is April 12th. Just over a week away. We've got essentially 10 days. What does this mean for the Vancouver Canucks at the trade deadline? How active are you shopping players who may or may not have COVID-19. Again, we know Adam Gaudet has COVID. We know Travis Hamannick has it. We don't know the other six players. I don't think an NHL team wants a player who is positive currently for COVID-19. And how are you going to move these players when they're positive? So this is another wrench in the whole, oh, the Canucks are going to be active sellers at the deadline. Well, they got an outbreak to deal with now, and... Frankly, that's probably more important getting that under control than shipping off a couple of more players for a couple draft picks at the NHL trade deadline. Anyways, that is today's episode of Power of the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. I'm your host, Nick Bondi. Make sure to subscribe to the Next Misconduct Network once again, wherever you get podcasts, four shows, one swipe, one tap. Please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. I will read the most positive, best reviews on this podcast at some point. We'll be back on Tuesday for our regularly scheduled programming. Once again, this is Power the Towel, part of the Next Misconduct Network of Podcasts. Thank you for listening.